Hey yo, we about to tear it up. Yo, break for break, break for break, get down. This right here is how we do it. Break it down. It's the Breaking Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South, and my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the Actual Factual. Yes. Good evening. Evening. God bless. God evening. bless. I mean, it could be any time of the day where you listen. To this. I just like saying good evening because uh, I'm a weirdo like that, right? You know what, though? But I, we grew up in ethnic households, so I remember coming in. I remember one time I came into the house in it and I tried to tell my grandma hello or hi. She wasn't having it, bruv. She said, "She said, excuse me. She said, it's good evening. Bruv, it was like four in the afternoon, innit? Good evening, bruv. Good evening. You get me? Morning, 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 morning. I, I never know what the cut the yeah, cut off time for the uh, for evening and, and like, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I don't know. It varies. It varies. It it depends on if they want smoke with you. Fine. That 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 I I I appreciate. Um, speaking of smoke, we've got some podcast smoke. Um, <laughs> let me tell you something. Yeah, let me tell you something. What the colonizers? Yeah. Also, f- firstly, because I'm putting my mouth of the south, and I apologies for anyone listening aloud. You're going to hear a, a profanity. Fuck the hip hop colonizers. I'm coming for you. Open hand slap. Bomba clap. That's happening. Um, secondly, the next podcast smoke is the fact that we have someone who I have said uh, privately and I want to say publicly, someone I thoroughly respect for all the work he has A, put into into the game, but also work he's continued to put in to strengthen the position of ownership and artistry in hip hop. Well said. Well said. This is such mm. an important conversation to have. Mm. And you've got to understand there are people who have to break down the doors and not only have they broken door, down the doors they've opened it for other people to walk through and respect has to be given just do and I'm so glad we got Jazz on the podcast Jazz UN gang you have to make this distinction very clear yeah I want to make it very clear Jazz from Jazz UN gang at Jazz UN gang on the podcast to talk about his entry into the game um, ownership um, his OGs and I love the fact like that it, it's so it's so refreshing to hear someone with so much experience just salute their OGs and be so humble and offer the the knowledge that he has gained this is why we have people like this on the podcast this is what's important I don't give a crap about your hip-hop colonizer like your idiot kind of trying to cover this person that person no this is real shit we are trying to provide a platform in order for the listeners across the world to understand the music game to understand artistry and to understand business and jazz encompasses that in one fell swoop um so i'm so happy we got him and he was such a nice guy and he he hit us right off when you hear this episode he hits us right off with something i didn't even know out the out the gate bro out the gate he came he came for smoke he's like all right listen i'm gonna blow these two youths mine watch and that he and that he did so i'm i'm like like i said i can keep going on and on and on but i want you guys to listen to this please don't no, I won't, I won't, I won't. No, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Why are you coming for me for that? You want the smoke now? Are you a hip hop colonizer? Is that what happens now? That's going to be my default bro, position now. Well, listen, listen, don't, bro. I actually, I'm, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. This is Jazz, UN Gang, Breaking Atoms. Check it out. 
It's another special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. We are joined by a legend in the game, someone who has moved culture, continues to move culture. And following on from our Scott Free interview that Chris did an amazing job with, it was only right that we got this uh, person, this individual on. He's been part of classic albums and we are very, very blessed to have the one, the only Jazz on the Breaking Atoms podcast. Jazz, how are you doing? I'm well, gentlemen. How are you feeling? We're good. We're good, man. We're good talking to you, bro. Like, you got to understand this. Like, we are, we are fans and we respect people, not only the artists, but people behind. And we respect everything you've done, the contributions you've made. You've been part of classic albums and real classic albums and you continue to be and there's so much we can learn from you and this platform isn't about me and Chris it's about the people we speak to it's about giving that knowledge and it's about contributing to the culture and you are doing that wholeheartedly and we're so pleased to have you on bro pleasure is all mine information sharing is everything it's all good and also we have to respect you because your nickname is a whole music genre anyone called jazz gets my ultimate respect automatically I just want you to know that yeah, that's a wild story behind that, but we we'll, don't we'll leave that to another question. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. We'll find okay, out. Okay, so, so let's let's start at the beginning, Jazz. Uh, talk to us about the entry, your entry point into hip hop and the culture itself. Um. Uh, well, I right, well let's take it back to where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Brooklyn, New York, but I you know what I'm saying I grew up in in Uniondale, Long Island, where, um. My first foray into rapping was, you know what I'm saying? I was Busta Rhymes' first MC partner. We did talent shows in junior high school. Whole nine. Whole nine. You know what I'm saying? So, and um, two people that we battled, you know what I'm saying, in the midst of this situation was um, Dick O.D. and Charlie Brown. You know what I mean? And again, this is Uniondale. This is the neighborhood. We all wanted to be MCs. Um, we had a gentleman by the name of Woody Rock who was um, signed to Uptown Records. He was a part of the, um, the legendary song, Uptown is Kicking It. Um, we, had, we had other gentlemen that were signed to the game. So like in certain areas, people didn't see the vision of being a signed hip hop artist. But in our little town of Uniondale, we had multiple signed hip hop artists. So that kind of was where I got my first itch in the game. But on a professional level, um, I was working as a road manager for a group called IGT. And um, IGT was from Long Island as well. And um, they would have, well, I can't say the last group because the last group, truthfully, truth be told, was us to be signed to Loud Records, but they were the first act to have their album released on Loud Records. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's, that's kind of where my foundation kind of lies. Dope. I had no idea about the Buster. The Buster Rhyme story has blown my mind. Yo, that's 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 just a gem already. I did not know that, Jazz. Jesus. Uh, well, that, that's not something I go around saying. You know what I mean? Um, for a lot of people, they have dreams of being, a, you know what I'm saying, a, a hip-hop artist. And I guess I had them as well. We all did growing up. You know what I mean? But once I got older, started being in the game, I saw the value of people being businessmen that can bring people into the game, give people information on how to navigate the game. And, and that's where I just found my niche and ran from there. You know what I mean? I, I've probably mentioned that Buster Rhymes story maybe once or twice. Wow. 
now I think that that part where you just mentioned about giving game and understanding that they're different roles is so important like we're we're on the chatty house right I've just joined clubhouse right and everyone wants to be Drake and no one understands that there's people behind that that can help you know develop artists and consult and be a road manager and all these things that there, there's a there's a, a construct to this right there's there's certain roles and importance of roles and everyone wants to be the star but doesn't realize what the team that goes behind the star as equally as important so salute to you on that because that's, that's a very important gem that people need to understand like there are certain roles that people fulfill and these artists whoever they are producers of artists, they only get they're only as strong as their team and so that's so important Say it again. Say that again, because that's something I speak to all the time. You know what I'm saying? You can have the, the some of the greatest lines, you know, be the greatest talent in the world. But if you don't have a group of strong minded, um, believing in you people around you, then your dreams are going to fall dead on their, dead on your face. And that's just a, that's just is what it is. Mm. You know, well said. So. Uniondale, Long Island. I think Long Island has a, such a rich history of creativity in hip hop. I think there's so many of you that really push the genre forward, you know, like Buster Rhymes, Leaders, you know, Rock Marcy, your guy, De La Soul and Cool Keith and all these people. What is in the water in, in Long Island that makes you guys so creative? Um, wow. Um, I just think it's just a lot of, people with great talent and and strong wills you know what i mean because ultimately i mean the people that you mentioned are all legends you know what i mean but even before that point you can talk about of course you know what I'm saying you can talk about the rock hymns you know what i'm saying and we're all babies of rock him at the end of the day the epmds you know what i'm saying jvc force you know what i mean there's just a lot of legends public enemy you know what I'm saying? Just a lot of great talent coming from Long Island. And again, not just on the rap side. Like, I even take you to a story to the aspect of House Party, Kid and Plays movie. Um, that whole energy starts off in Long Island because the gentleman, Kid and Plays DJ, um, Daryl from Groovy Chill, he's there from Long Island. And that whole idea was the aspect of house parties that were in Long Island. Of okay. course, they had set. Of course, they set it in Chicago and all that good stuff. So that's lovely, you know what I'm saying. But that was the house. That was the house party energy out in Long Island, where you might have a Rakim, a Biz Marquee, and a Freddie Fox, all in the same house doing what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Again, all three legends from Long Island. Good answer. Good answer. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, Long Island, boy. You guys, you guys are different. I like to think so. I like to think <laughs> so. Really, though. Strong Island, right? Strong Island. Yes, yes. yes. I fact. stand corrected. I stand corrected. Summit. Um, so getting into management and consulting, again, informa information sharing. What For someone who's been in the game and so experienced, what would you say the key skills or traits that are needed to kind of thrive in both of those roles? Um... Networking, networking, being able to create relationships, being able to create create strong bonds with like-minded individuals, you know what I'm saying? Or even people that, pardon me saying that, you know, they may they may believe in your artists, but they really blowing smoke out their ass, you know what I'm saying? You still have to know how to work with them 
talk to them, um, get you get yourself from point A to point B to point Z at the end of the day. So to me, um, it really starts with networking and again, creating relationships. Okay, okay. And so I always like to look at things when I give advice to people, I always look at the, not the losses, but I guess the things where I've not done as good rather than my successes. So where I've failed rather than success, where I've success, I feel there's more to learn in where I've, you know, not done, where I've not been up to par on something. What lessons have you learned along the way and the advice you would give to people wanting to get into management? Um, I, this is the best way to say it. People look at Dame Dash as an asshole. To me, Dame Dash is, is a genius. And he's a maven in this game. And the things that makes him great is how much he believed in Jay-Z, which is the reason why people kind of looked at him as such an, I guess, an asinine person because of how he, how he handled himself. But how he handled himself was due to the fact of how much he believed in Jay, believed in his own skills and believed in Rockefeller as a, as a whole, as a brand. So to me, that's something that I had to learn as I moved further into this game. Um, I was very humble, you know what I'm saying? Thinking off, thinking that if I can outthink people, which most times can work, outthink people, outhustle people, you'll win at the end of the day. But that humbleness can get you slept on. If you're not willing to you know, pound your chest and, and stand on what you believe in, people will not take you as seriously as you would want them to take you. You know what I mean? So there are times that I've had to really step out of myself and push the brand Rock Marciano, push the brand Pimpire, push the brand Stove Guard Cooks. You know what I'm saying? Just so people can understand what we're bringing and how great all of those entities are. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, um, I had to learn, I had to get out of my shell of being humble. I think that was one of the things that, um, was something I had to really learn and really take to take to that aspect. You know what I'm saying? Cause I was always a hard worker. I'm always one of those people that was trying to find information to better everything I was trying to do and give me a greater understanding and give me the tools that will allow me to succeed in this situation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I say that. I say that. Good advice. I think that, I think that can be applied to, to most, most roles in, in life. Good advice. Thank you. Let's take it to the music though. You in or you out? So I was in um, Miami many years ago. And okay. I went to the record store and I bought You In or You Out and I bought Jewel Santana from Me To You. I hopped on a cruise and I was in the middle of, a, of the ocean listening to You In or You Out. And I bought that off the strength of Rock Marcy. That album, Jazz, is a classic. I agree. It's I agree. A I'll, classic. I'll stand on that. I will that album is, that. Um, it's the last of its kind. Um, every time it, it gets cold over here, minus degrees, I listen to that album. It's a perfect winter album. Tell me about meeting the UN and some of your memories from the UN or UL album sessions. Okay. Um, again, back to Uniondale again. All of the members from the UN are all from 
the area that we all grew up at, which is Uniondale. Rock is from Hempstead, but Rock moved into the Uniondale area and went to school with the gentleman from the UN, with Mike Raw, God rest his life. Um, you know what I'm saying? God free and lock who. Um, originally, they were all, follow, all four solo acts. And at those days, we kind of figured that we would follow some of what Wu-Tang was doing. Funny, we would meet Scott Free later on, you know what I'm saying? And he took to us, of course, this was concerned, but I, we'll get to that in a second. The UN, as a collective, was just four eagerly talented, dope MCs, you know what I mean? And also all hard workers, you know what I'm saying? People tend to think about the situation and, and the group, and of course, rock comes to mind. But if you listen to UN and you out, you can see how great Baku is as far as how, how quick his, his penmanship is and the darts he was throwing, how rugged and raw Mike Raw was. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, um, we used to call him our fullback. You know what I mean? If we, needed, if we need three yards, he's going to give us five. You know what I mean? That's, that was Mike Wall in the hard shell. And again, God rest his life. He passed away this year. You know what I mean? And um, lastly, God free. The God was just a, such an eloquent pen, such a eloquent thinker. You know what I mean? So those four elements kind of bound, bind it together and, and form the UN. And, and again, I, I don't, I don't want to over push this, but Rock is it's incredible. I'll put rock against anyone from anyone's from back in the days to right now. Rock is top three ever, as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? And I'll and again, things that I'll stand on. I'll stand on. And um, as we was putting together the demo, truth be told, UN was like six, seven people, you know what I'm saying, originally. But as we was putting together the demo, um, we linked with um, a gentleman by the name of Gary. Um, he was also doing beats for IGT. And um, our demo landed in a loud record session with Scott Free and Maddie C. They heard what, you know, they heard what we was doing. They enjoyed what we was doing. They brought us in the studio. You know what I'm saying? From there, you know what I'm saying? We just started creating magic, starting creating moments. Went to a studio by the name of Green Street Studios, which is a legendary spot. And as we was putting together the original demos for You In and You Out, um, met with Pete Rock. You know what I'm saying? Um, Green Street Studio is where we met with Alchemist. That's probably the first time, actually not probably, definitely was the first time that Rock and Alchemist had met each other. You know what I mean? Um, Scott Free and his relationships, where we met Q-Tip. You know what I'm saying? And bear in mind, Pete Rock, Alchemist, Q-Tip, these are still relationships and people that we deal with to this day. Back to what I said before, creating those relationships that become family and bonds. You know what I mean? Well, we put together the album. Um, we were due to be a part of the Loud Records legacy. You know what I'm saying? Truth be told, we was, <laughs> we was recording demos over Loud Records um, over Loud Records demos that was not being used, using their studio time. Everything, all of those things was really grooming the four gentlemen that were a part of the UN. And once we got everything together, Loud Records folded. 
You know what I mean? And it, it broke it broke all of our hearts because we were thinking that, you know, that was our moment and we wasn't going to be able to be a part of the Loud Records legacy. But then Pete Rock, who had his own um, radio show called Future Flavors with Molly Moore in New York radio, he started playing our music. He started playing the music that he was doing with Rock. You know what I'm saying? And it became something that was like, a life of his own, you know what I'm saying? It gave us a lifeline. And all of those things, Scott Free and Maddie, who, you know, again, believed in us from the start, um, started linking up with other people. And the original demo that found itself at Loud Records ended up being something that S Steve Rifkin's brother, John Rifkin, and Carson Daly, that Carson Daly, Loved, and we ended up signing to the label, which was four or five, six records. That's right. Wow, Carson, Carson Daly. Yeah, he's on. He's on the credits, yeah. bro. And I think yes, Odyssey. Odyssey did some co-production on on the Absolutely. album. Absolutely. Shout, shout out Odyssey. That's a good brother right there, Maryland's own. Yeah, I did a song with Odyssey a few years ago, and Summit, who we're speaking to now, was the one who helped put that together. So it's it's all full circle. Definitely, definitely. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, um, every time I mention. You know, I talk about the story and then I mentioned Carson Daly. Everybody tends to look like that Carson Daly. I'm like, yeah, um, truth be told, to this day, Carson Daly knows every Rock Marciano verse verbatim. Verbatim. Probably one of the biggest Rock Marciano fans that you'll find. I, I do remember hearing about Carson Daly and his foray into rap. I just didn't, I didn't put it together with the, the, with the UN. I, I knew back then, like, and growing up, I heard about it, but I never put two and two together. But speaking of Marcy, there, I mean, and you talked about impact and game changing and, and Marsberg was just a, a phenom of, of a release. I, I'm, I was blogging. I was in the blog era back then. And I remember it. I right. remember, you know, SK, Narai, Dallas Penn, all the old, the blog OGs and remembering this tidal wave of a project where it just took you back, even though it was in the 2000s, 2010, where it took you back to the 90s where you just went, pause, stop, rewind. This isn't a, it was like a crazy effort. The impact of Marsberg and being there throughout the process of it how do you still view that and, and influence in the underground? Because it came as, a, you know, Marcy's his own genre in some way. So talk about the impact for you being it from the beginning to, to seeing it to fruition. And you're hundred percent right. Rock Marcy is his own genre. That's I've said that a bunch of different times. I've been quoted for that line and I, I wholeheartedly believe that, but I, listen, I remember when people wasn't listening. Um, we're talking about, these are the days of the um, snap era. Everybody from New York kind of wanted to be from Atlanta, which again, weird, but you know, the music, hip hop music tends to go in cycles and, you know, sometimes the game changes a little bit, but in the beginning when we dropped Mossberg, people wasn't listening. You know what I'm saying? We had to force our way into people's hearts and into people's minds and into people's ears. And then, like you said, the um, blog era picked up on it. You know what I'm saying? The, uh, yeah. The Nile rights. Big up um, SK, my man Dallas Penn, you know what I'm saying? People like that. And from there, again, another one of those situations where the album took a life of its own and people really started taking to it and people started believing in what I knew, which is Rock was just an incredible MC 
and an incredible producer. That's right. You know, and an incredible producer. Mm -hmm. You know, at that moment, we didn't we didn't push Rock as a producer per se, but Rock always knew what he wanted his sound and what his group sound to be like. So Rock was the person that was heavily influencing the UN sound, him and Mike Raw. You know what I mean? So as you hear Mossberg, you hear a lot of those things that made people fans of the You In and You Out album as well. But maybe times 10 at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Because now you got rock by himself. You know what I'm saying? Giving you incredible songs back to back to back. And then another thing that was a blessing in disguise, as we... Um, there was a song called Hide My Tears on the original Mossberg album. And um, we had issue clearing of that sample. Then all of a sudden, um, we got an email saying that Sean Price freestyled over Snow. At that moment, we didn't know Sean Price on that level. You know, of course, you know, seeing him in passing, what have you, you know what I'm saying? But that also gave Mossberg an incredible lifeline because Sean Price, Sean P is a legend. And when he got on Snow, it opened up a different audience to the whole Mossberg project. And then people really truly believed in what Mossberg was and what Rock is, which is again, an incredible body of work written by an incredible MC. Mm. You mentioned, um, you mentioned Hide My Tears. The version of Marsberg that I have has Hide My Tears. So I'm very- yeah, You got I'm the OG very, version. Yes, yes. It was, um, I had an issue with someone. They owed me some money. Um, I've told this story before. They owed me some money. So part of their, their way to settle their debt was to buy me some music. And Marsberg was part of the music to settle the debt. So when I got Marsberg, I'm thinking it's Rock Marciano, UN. Of course I'm going to listen to this. I had no idea that it would, it would be that, genre defining classic it's become it's become like you have some albums that are classics and they live on their own but i can literally trace the dots after marsberg who came the sound oh it, it comes from there and it's inspired by this it's it's mind-blowing to me like and i'm just so thankful that i was outside for it and i could actually say i experienced it in my lifetime such an incredible album the wild thing about marsberg is that um you like you mentioned you got the og version um the original version of Mossberg with different songs was due to come out on SRC after we um, dropped You In and You Out on 456 with um, Scarson Daly and um, John Rifkin. We, Rock was on flip mode. Um, you know what I'm saying? Forgot to mention that at the end of the day. And um, Rock's relationship with Bus, of course, is, 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 is very tight and loving and brother and big brother like now. But at that moment, Rock really didn't want to be a part of Flip Mode, as in Flip Mode, the group. He kind of wanted to be a standout artist on his own. But with that being said, didn't work out. We ended up getting off of Flip Mode elect and Electro Records. And Scott Free took that original Mossberg demo to SRC with Steve Rifkin. We were very excited about the situation. Again, this was Steve Rifkin. We had we was already had a relationship with him via the whole loud aspect. So we just thought sure that he would completely get it when he heard Mossberg. 
He didn't get it. He didn't co-sign what he was, what we were doing. Um, he felt like Asher Roth was a more of a priority. Laugh out loud. So, um, with that being said, we ended up leaving SRC, and like I said, the original Mossberg had different music on it. Music by um, music with um, rock had music with Citizen Kane. Um, rock had music with Devin the Dude. Maybe one day we'll drop those songs. You know what I mean? That was on the original Mossberg project. But with that being said, we we you know what I'm saying we got off of SRC. We was able to leave with our masters, and we connected with Fat Beats as far as Mossberg was concerned. And we decided to be independent. Um, Bill Sharp, who at that moment was a um, working with Fat Beats and also managing Black Milk at that moment, we linked with him. And we linked with a gentleman by the name of Susio Slice, Jerry too. Um, he was um, a radio DJ up at um, WKCR, um, Squeeze Radio Show. You know what I mean? But off of those two relationships, we ended up signing the Fat Beats. And I tell people all the time that the day that we decided to be independent, it's the day that everything changed. That's the day that um, the doors started opening and we were able to learn the game. And something that Rock always says every day, learn to bet on ourselves. And we've been doing that from that day to now. Mm. Yeah. That's what we're doing here at Breaking Atoms, betting, betting on ourselves, literally. Not just podcasting, but there's things going on and it's like, we, we've literally got to do it ourselves. Got to finance it ourselves, plan it out ourselves. And we, you know, you live and die by your own sword. And I'm with it. I'm with all the smoke. As you should be. You know what I'm saying? When, when something like that happens and you're able to stand on your own too, you ain't got to look far if something goes to the left. You know what I mean? You look dead in the mirror. I look to your right. I look to your left. You know exactly what went on. You know exactly if things didn't work out, who needs to work them out. And if there's something not going right, you know who to blame. And that's what I mean by betting on ourselves. We, um, we put out a strong body of work with Mossberg. We was able to use those relationships that we forged through the years from the UN and U out days, you know what I'm saying, to the people that we was just meeting. And yeah, we put it out there to the world. You know what I'm saying? Learned how to, who better than to market our music than us? Than us? Who better than, you know what I'm saying, create um, radio promotion and to connect with the right DJs in the right vehicles for us radio stations, again, than us. So again, it was a, a blessing. It's a blessing. I, I, I enjoyed the aspect of becoming independent. Um, as I tell people all the time, even today, we don't have any issue with being a part of the major label system or being a part of the major label games like DSPs and the payouts and things like that. But if we are doing a true service to us. We should be able to take what we know and create our own blueprint, create our own ecosystem and be able to navigate through it and, you know what I'm saying, be the best us that we could be at the end mm -hmm. of the day. Mm -hmm. No, well said, well said. Um, Scott Free, uh, I had a conversation with him. It was about two hours. One of one of the best experiences of my life because I'm such a huge Loud Records fan. Like that that logo and, and that sound is like in my DNA. You said something on Twitter though. You called him the gatekeeper. And in terms of music industry, 
gatekeeper's not always seen as a positive thing. What what's the significance of you calling Scott Free the gatekeeper? Um, the gatekeeper these days is not a positive thing. Right. Get, Scott Free comes from the days of great A and R's. Some of the reason why some of the um, the music that you hear is sometimes lackluster because there is no such things as, as artists and repertoire in 2021. You know what I'm saying? Scott Free comes from that great legacy of having a great ear and believing in the artists and getting them to the studio and creating um, incredible music. You know what I'm saying? Again, Wu-Tang, Mob Deep, you know what I mean? Big Pun, M.O.P. These were all people on Loud Records. These are all people that Scott Free is a part of and Maddie C for that matter. Because I tend to I tend to always mention both of them. You know what I mean? When I met them, they were like, if you didn't see one, you didn't see the other. When you saw one, you saw the other. You know what I'm saying? So they, these two men are like architects of the sound and the type of hip hop that we've grown to love and, 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 and Lord at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Straight up and down. So when I mentioned Gatekeeper, I, I mentioned Scott in, in nothing but love and respect. And I say it just purely the aspect of those people who truly love the music, truly understood the music and create incredible bodies of work. Mm, yeah. You know, they've passed it on to you though now. That, that's the crazy thing. They're the architects, but now you guys are the architects for this new generation. Like it's a, it's a carry on tradition. This oh, is the thing, right? That, so that's the lineage of Matty C and Scott Free and, and the thing you talked about earlier about who better than us to promote the records that we know. The problem that I'm, it's it's an ongoing, it's a legacy thing. People always talking about, you know, how I promote my records and all that. And I've always said, we need to have people who are of the culture to promote the culture, right? And you guys are a complete success representation of that. You guys have you guys have done the work. You guys have learned from the best, and you've taken it on into different generations through different eras of hip hop, and still maintain to be yourself. But the the point about being architects and learning from the architects, just understand from my point of view as well. You guys are that, and you're carrying that on, and that's so important now, so that people can look up and see Jazz and Marcy and Stove and understand the lineage, and then go right. I want to build upon that because that's how we build the culture even further. So respect. I appreciate that. And again, that's why I always mention my predecessors. That's why, you know, anytime that you talk to me, I'm going to mention Scott Free. I'm going to mention Maddie C. How could you not mention Maddie C? We talk, again, we're talking about Mob Deep. We're talking about Wu-Tang. We're talking about Big Pun. We're talking about Biggie Smalls. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Are you kidding me? And, and then, you know what I'm saying, we can go on to our relationship with Pete Rock. You know what I'm saying? One of the, I'd say, top three beat, you know what I'm saying, producers ever in this game. You know what I'm saying? Q-Tip. Again, top three producers in this game ever. You know what I mean? And then on to our relationships with Alchemist. You could probably put them in your top five as well. Even on to our relationship with Buster. You know what I'm saying? Tip. Regardless of what happened between Rock and Buster during the flip mode days, it would be a lie to ever think that we didn't learn from Buster and the things that he did, the hard work that he constantly does 
Buster Rhymes is probably one of the hardest working gentlemen in this game from back then to now. You're not going to outwork Buster Rhymes. And these, all these people, we were like sponges around them. You know what I'm saying? We were able to take all the things that they were showing to us, you know what I'm saying? And make it something that became our signature, our energy. And these are the things that we use to this day as we're putting out new music from a store of God Cooks. As you see and heard Reasonable Drought, rock as an A&R is just as lethal as rock as a producer. It's just as lethal as rock as an, as an MC. You know what I mean? And without all those relationships that we had in the past, we don't get to be to where we are right now. Yeah. Now, speaking of Stove, uh, absolutely, I've got the vinyl behind me. I've got, I've got, I had to buy it. Now my thing is, if I like an album, I won't listen to, I, I listen to Stove, but generally now my, my thing is this. I have to buy the vinyl first and you put on the record player and play it. That's it. It's my way of like paying towards the artist, but I have to buy the vinyl. Oh, that's what credit cards are for at this point in my life. But how did the Reasonable Drought album come together, working with Stove God and making that album? Can you talk us through that kind of process? Ah, uh, Stove God cooks. I'm always, a big smile comes to my face when I, when I talk about Stove. You know what I mean? Um, our first signing to our management company, which is you know, the Pempire the illustrious pimpire. You know what I mean? Um, it started out with um, Lord Jamal um, bringing Stove to Buster Rhymes. You know what I'm saying? Stove is still signed to conglomerate as far as the label is concerned, but he's managed by us, me and Rock. You know what I'm saying? And um, their relationship forged as he was a little frustrated with what was going on with conglomerate. Um, him and Rock started connecting. We, we put him on Marcia Lago. Um, you hear Puff Daddy. You hear God Loves You. You know what I'm saying? Stove is an incredible MC. Um, and the thing that I love the most about Stove is that these days in a world of people trying to sound like each other, you can't say that you have anyone that sounds like Stove. Nobody. N nobody sounds like him. He stands on his own an incredible MC, an incredible talent, so charismatic and so thoughtful with the pen. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like I said, we had him on Marcia Lago. Rock, <laughs> Rock knew from the start, Rock would always tell me like, yo, this, this dude's a star. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what nobody say, he's a star. So they um, connected with each other and Rock prepared him a plate, which was um, sending him a bunch of beats which was basically reasonable drought and stove just destroyed every beat that rock sent him. You know what I'm saying? And uh, listen, he made our lives easier by the type of MC and the type of person he is. And it was a pleasure putting out reasonable drought and letting the world hear what type of talent this gentleman is. Syracuse, New York owned upstate New York. You know what I mean? A lot of good energy and great MCs are coming from upstate. And we're glad that we can connect with one of them. But I, again, I would be remiss if we didn't shout out Lord Jamal. Lord Jamal was the one that brought him to us all at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So, again, Stove is incredible. Stove is home. And we, and we got the follow-up soon, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um, that new album will be coming very very soon stove jesus is incredible Oof. 
<laughs> you know what? Um, reasonable drought was another Marsberg moment for me. I bought it because it said produced by Rock Marciano. So that I've got a certain loyalty to certain artists. If you're involved, I will check it out. And I remember I went for my walk and I played Reasonable Drought and I was like, this is Marsberg all over again. Like in the sense that I bought it just because it's Rock Marciano, Marciano. But when I heard it, I'm just like, this is an incredible album. It's introduced me to a whole new artist. And it's just one of those albums, I think, and I'm willing to say it now, it was in our, it was in our best of 2020 list that it's going to go down as a classic if it hasn't gone down as one already. I'll stand on that. I'll stand on that with you as well. Pardon yeah. me, I mean to cut you off. Stove, Stove Guard is Rookie of the Year. Let's be clear about Straight that. Straight up. You know what I'm saying? Straight it's, up. It's, it's not just been said by me. It's been said by multiple different people, um, whether we're talking about just tastemakers like yourselves or we're talking about um, publications to the, to the billboards of the world. You know what I mean? And for the fact that, say, a billboard is recognizing that type of sound from a person that literally came out of nowhere says a lot, says a lot. And it says also that they're paying attention to, again, to the sound that we love at the end of the day, straight up and down. Reasonable Drought is an incredible piece of work. It's in, definitely a classic. And as I tell Stove all the time, the, the gift and the curse of creating such an incredible and indelible piece of work is that you got to come back and do it again because people are not going to be able to, or people are going to think that you can't do it again. And it's important that you kind of shatter their thought process, you know what I mean? And, and bring back something that's even more incredible than Reasonable Drought was. And that's what Stove Jesus will be. Awesome, awesome. When, when Stove said, I'm, I'm a big wrestling fan, and when he said that line, the fiend's arms tied up like Ultimate Warrior, I'm like, I love him. I love him. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm all in. And big up to Lord Jamar as well, because I think his contributions sometimes go overlooked from the brand Nubian days to dead prayers and stove God. Big up to Lord Jamar. That's, that's weird that you say that. That's two for two. You know what I'm saying? He, he definitely brought dead prayers to the masses and he brought stove God cooks to the masses. Again, back to what we talked about before, the aspect of being at A&R, and, and having that indelible ear to recognize talent and to pick it out of, out of obscurity and bring it to the masses. Those, that's a talent that we have too little of today. Straight up and down, because the culture, again, a word that kind of gets used a little too often, but the culture and the music is being governed by people who are not completely of it, who are not immersed, immersed in it, who are not, who, who basically truly don't love it the way that we do. You know what I mean? They look at it as commerce. And I understand that. This is a business. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, hip hop is a big business for that matter. And, and conglomerated brands like any label have to make money off the artists they sign. Completely understandable. But in the same breath, there has to be a balance of the love of the music so that the music does not end up being something like pop music. Yeah. The soul has to be there still. The soul of it and the integrity has to be in it. And, and, and when you've got people of the culture, it's very easy for them to think about the, the commercial side 
without actually balancing out with this is a way of life. When we talk about culture, this is the way of life for many people. Absolutely. People dress, talk, understand. I got educated through Public Enemy. I didn't know Elvis Presley was a racist until Chuck D told me. I would, I would have told you. I would have told right? you if you knew me. I would have told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know, right? So, but but this is a way of life for some for many people, and and I think the. The, the conversation that we hear a lot of at the moment is that, is that balance. Um, but you're right. It's all about having people of the culture. Um, 100%, 100%. And, and again, that's the balance that was always struck in hip hop. Hip hop is a music that derives from the struggle, derives from the street, derives from people that was basically creating something out of nothing. Again, we're talking... If we're talking about just the production side of it, who would have thought that sampling would end up leading to be what it is today? And that is the purely the aspect of taking a little piece of a record and repeating it and, and having some sort of musicality with it and displaying it to the world. Again, making something out of nothing. That's the, that's the beauty of hip hop. And that should never be forgotten. You know what's crazy, Jazz? I've got a single coming out on Friday, that same title, Something From Nothing talking about the same thing you're talking about so that's this is why i know it's divine order i really appreciate that uh, listen you picked a very <laughs> appropriate title you know what i'm saying for what you're putting out because some again sometimes because of the way hip-hop is and it being such a popular genre and a genre that's basically for of the masses we come from the days that we were told that hip-hop wouldn't last you know what I mean? So it's important that people understand that at its, at its core, it again, it is, is, it is a music that came from the people and it's a music that kind of speaks to the aspect of creating something from very little. Well said, well said. I would be remiss if I don't ask you this question and people will be on my case if I don't. What's up with metal clergy? Um, I'll say it the way Rock says it. When it's time, you will hear it. If you, if you really was paying attention, and I'm sure you have, mm-hmm. you've heard about an album's worth of metal clergy music on the low. This is true. If you put, if you put, if yeah, you put yeah. it all together, from Mossberg to um the last song they did together, which is "Sins of a Father" off of Cod's album, you have an incredible body of songs that those two gentlemen put together. But at the end of the day, um, there could be more. I don't want to. I don't want to speak. You know what I'm saying? Put the put the egg before anything else, and and speak out of line. But when it, when it's time for more metal clergy music, you will hear it. And I do believe that it could be very soon. Yo, jazz, jazz, jazz is um, king cryptic. Yeah, man. You got I, to I, be I, man. You got to be there. Yeah, sometimes you know what I'm saying you don't want to give too much. Because it makes people kind, it makes people kind of want it, and then they're asking eight thousand questions, and then it becomes a situation like, "Oh, well, you told us it was going to come, and it never came." So ultimately, we kind of like to leave certain things to the imagination, and that's the way good music is. It's kind of that that wizard of wizard of Oz sort of thing where you kind of don't know what's going on behind the curtain. You know what I mean? But you kind of see what's going on in front of the curtain. We're in the days that everything seems to be put out to the world. So you see everything, you see everything that's behind the curtains. 
But I'm from the gay, I'm from the days that you don't see everything behind the curtains. And when it's time, you receive it. You know what I mean? And if it's timely, you will be impressed by it. It will leave an indelible mark on you. So you definitely don't want to rush things that, you know, that you could take your time and really, it can really be a monumental moment at yeah. the end of the day. Good point. Good point. I, I've been saying for years, I remember, you know, and rest in peace to MF Doom. Everybody was like, Mad Villainy 2, Mad Villainy 2. And I was one of the only people saying, you know what? I'm actually cool. Not because I didn't want it. It was more about, is it going to be timely? And do we actually need it? And, you know, Mad Lib and Doom have given us so much. So I'm going to say, even if we don't get a metal clergy as a package, what Carr and Rock Marciano has given us is a lifetime worth of memories that we can rewind. So I'm good either way. We appreciate that at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? We, um, you know, I'm speaking for Carr for that matter, even though I don't need to. Um, we always appreciate people who love what the music that we put out at the end of the day, because um, when we start, when Carr for that matter as well, when he started out, we can easily say that what we were doing was not for everyone. And now we can easily say that what we're doing is making some of the younger generation want to do exactly what we've done. And that is the job of great artistry. You should be able to lead. You should be able to inspire. You should be able to impress upon the young to be like, yeah, listen, maybe we don't want to sound like what we hear on the radio. Maybe we want to sound like this. Maybe we want to be MCs and not just rappers. So it's important that we leave an impression. And great again, great artistry leaves an impression. And that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing, 100%. Leading by example. Leading by example, which is what we need more of in hip-hop. And that's super important. Um, I know the answer to these questions, but I'm going to have to ask them, Jazz, because, again, like everyone else, we're like, when you ask that? So I'm just going to ask it because I think we've got a lot of the stuff that we want to get from you already. Um, just Blaze, Rock Marcy, Just Rock. Are we ever going to get that? And the ju- uh, and the Marcy Alchemist album too. That's that's it. That's just because we need to ask those questions. And I'm being completely honest. I can understand why you'd ask both of those questions. Um, just Blaze and Rock. That's something you kind of have to ask just about. There, um, I would be lying to you to say that there's not songs done. I can I could definitely say that, you know what I'm saying? And every once in a while, as Just Blaze is um, doing live sets, you'll hear a snippet of those songs that were done. You know what I mean? So um, for the fact that he even plays them, let's, at least allows me to assume, and I hate to assume, but allows me to assume that they these songs will see the light of day at some point. Um, Rock and Alchemist. Same thing. As you, if you listen to, if you, if you're paying attention to what Alchemist says, and some of the things that he plays and doing his live sets, you hear songs with Rock and Al. Allah, what we dropped on the deluxe version of Reloaded, you know what I'm saying, which was two zips, which was something that was made between Rock and Al, but that production, the production on two zips, is Rock not Alchemist, you know what I mean? Which, again, I always try to remind people, people think that that's an Alchemist-produced track, but that's not. 
You know what I mean? But that song was made during those days of Reloaded. You know what I'm saying? And it was made in the spirit of that energy of Alchemist, Alchemist Crib is almost like the, the spot that all the great MCs seem to come and, 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 and do work there. So it was made in that spirit. It was made within that energy. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely, and I'm smiling as I say this, I definitely believe that you'll hear a rock alchemist album very soon. I, I like the um the slight the slight um increase in um vocal tone and pitch when you say very soon. Yeah, th- th- this is this is how we're analyzing things. And listen, <laughs> Jazz, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, you've blessed us with so much. And this is a great interview. We appreciate you 110,000, like on a hundred, like complete, keeping it a hundred. We super appreciate you because we have to celebrate people like you and the team and what you guys represent, because this is hip hop. What you do and everything you do is for the culture of hip hop and to influence rap. So we have to salute you for doing I appreciate that. that. And, it, and you hit it on the head. Everything of what we do musically and business wise is to influence, you know what I'm saying, the young culture, influence those who are like-minded. Again, whether you come from our days age-wise or whether you're a younger cat in your 20s and you're trying to figure out your footing in this game. You know what I mean? Artistically, you know what I'm saying, we bring that type of sound that we're not trying to bring back boom, boom, back. What we do basically is very fashion-forward, to say the least. You know what I'm saying? Even though you might have heard elements of it from the Jizza, you might have heard elements of it from Mad Lib. We're not saying that we're the first people to ever do songs without drums, but rock made it fashionable. Rock made it to the point that everyone is doing this. I just heard a Jim Jones song just the other day where it's completely sampled and the drums come in many verses later. You know what I mean? And when I see that, I'm like, yep, that's our influence right there. And even when it comes down to the business aspect, as far as how we put out music, the fact that we're able to have a fan base that we put out our music via our website for a certain amount price point for da- per download, then we put it out on DSPs. You know what I mean? These are things that we are trying to influence people to think outside the box and to look at music not just as music, but to look at music as an art. And ultimately, there should never be a fixed price point or the industry dictating to you how you sell your art. As long as you're able to pinpoint your fandom, not overprice your situa- what you're doing, and give people the best piece of work, price it as you will. Price it as you will. And then give it to DSPs. Because once it gets to DSPs, that's a whole nother conversation. We can get into the monetization and how (laughs) disrespectful it is to artists at the end of the day. And as a manager, I'm always going to speak to the rights of an artist and the fact that the artist and the content creator should be in control of how the monetization and the marketing of whatever content is should be. And And on that note, Jazz... Thank you so much. And as Summit said, we really appreciate everything you do for the culture. And most importantly, for all the work you put in behind the scenes, we appreciate it. And it's making the road easier 
for us as creators as well. We want to salute you and we want to honor everything you do. And you are a friend of the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. But before we go, let's just make it very clear. That way we ain't got to, we ain't got to rewind this. They can catch that within the moment. New Stove God Cooks album will be seen and heard in 2021. You will get new Rock Marciano album in 2021. The Pimp Pirates moves forward, straight up and down. And, I, and again, I appreciate everything that y'all guys are doing. If you're looking for any of us, um, it's at Rock Marcy on all socials, at Stove Guard Cooks on all socials, at Jazz UN Gang, J-A-Z-Z-U-N-G-A-N-G on all socials. Holla at me. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm very reachable and approachable. That you are. That you are, 100%. We appreciate you, bro. We appreciate Listen, you. Listen, the pleasure is mine, gentlemen. Peace to jazz once again. Man, I that was that's one of those kind of hearty conversations, a soul food conversations. That soul for the brain. Samosa. Yeah, you said it right too. Um, come on. Yeah, Nunga you, man, you, you, Nunga you're learning man. Nunga that. man, you get me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, people people talk to you and say, Why have you got Chris saying Nunga man? He's basically saying naked man, but you don't know, you don't know. Listen, bro, listen, man, innit? Look, I'm, I'm comfortable, innit? I can say it. It's fine. You I'm get, a married man. I'm good. You can say it, and, and it's not being derogatory. It just makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah. It's not derogatory to anything or anyone. No, it's just, I hear it, bro. Sometimes I wake up and that, and you're not like, listen, I just think Nunga man. Because I'm walking through my house like Nunga man. You get me? It's mad. Back to this episode. Um, boy, Buster Rhymes, Jack. Yeah. I didn't know that Jazz was outside. Like, when I say outside, of course he was outside, but him and Buster Rhymes were rapping together. That's amazing, bro. That's so, amazing. So when I look back and listen to the interviews that Buster did on Drink Champs and People's Party, and he was talking about me and my man was battling Charlie Brown and Dinko, he's talking about Jazz. Madness, in it? Madness, <sighs> in it, bro. But even yeah. all, all the... Jazz gassed me. He gassed me. Yeah, he but, gassed me. And, and if throughout that episode, he is talking, like, it's so... Like, he's... What, what they've learned from all the experiences, the good and the bad, and how they've been able to flip it on its head and create this whole genre, create this brand, and continue it. Like, this... The Pimpire. The, it's, the Pimpire, right? Bruv, you understand, right? Motown did this. Rockefeller did this. They would have artists after art. This is what... This is what's going to happen here. The wheel. The wheels are in motion. This is what they're you doing. Un- you understand, right? Mm-hmm. This is a machine, a well-oiled machine with people who have experience, know-how, and actually, this is like great music coming out of this camp. This isn't going to stop. This is going to be a whole new wave. That's how I see it. And I'm like... Imagine like Matty C, Scott Free, you know, like all the artists that influence these guys, hip hop influence these guys and imagine what they can achieve. That's what's scary, mm-hmm. like scary for the ops, but the even ops, though they don't the need, have any ops because and the colonizers. they don't have any ops because yeah, for the colonizers. I was doing some research today, by the way, mm. um, you know, you know, in our, in our, um, in our marketing fields, they, yeah. they do what they call um, audience personas. That's correct. Yes, yeah, so I was doing I was doing the persona of a colonizer, and um, yes. I will come back to you with my findings. Please do. Yeah, please do. I was doing cause... audience personas on color on colonizers, the mindset of the colonizer. It's we we need to we need to put that out there, but because everything that Jazz and the team Marcy Stove 
I mean, Stove album, Marcy album. I like, like the way you just call him be... Stove. Like, you act like you know it's my him. Man's, it's like, Stove. It's, it's like, it's like Jay in it. I don't call him Hove or Jay Z. Call him Jay in it. Come on, man. You've never seen these people so. a day in your life. My man, but Stove. you know, I'm a con- I, have to, I have to be a hip hop conlize. I've got to act like I know them, right? Stove. They're my friends now. I don't even know his real name, so that's what we got to call him anyway. So. <laughs> But no, I'm look. I'm super psyched, man. This is going to be an incredible year for for those guys. And why did stove? Why did stove God really say I smell like a brick? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you see stove God, right? I know sometimes people talk about you know positive content. You know these guys are glorifying the lifestyle. I don't ever want to hear stove God rap about anything apart from the production of narcotics. Fair, fair. That's it. He said, Fiend's arm tied up like Ultimate Warrior. Do you remember when Ultimate Warrior tied up his arms? You know how tight those little tassels were, bro? <coughs> yeah, it was, it's true though, isn't it? It's true. And he would like do the rope thing, innit? He'd go crazy Easy on the rope. White. No, rest in peace. Sorry. Sorry, I yeah, shouldn't yeah, say that. No, but um, no, this, this is going to be an incredible year. And like, I'm excited about the music, definitely. Definitely. And, and, but also, you know me, I'm always about knowledge and sharing. Mm-hmm. The gems that jazz has dropped throughout. Incredible. I'm about ignorance. You're about <laughs> You're about it's, knowledge, I'm about ignorance. Ying and the yang, right? This yeah, is... man. Nah, bruv, it's about ignorance. Wow. So, I'm an intelligent, ignorant person. So so what are you so, okay, fine, fine, fine. I was gonna I'm call very you... ignorant, you know, bruv. Okay. No, I know, I know, I know. I mean I am too, I just don't show it on here as much. No, I'm ignorant, bruv. You've got to be ignorant sometimes. <laughs> no, you know sometimes, sometimes you... when you know you're wrong in it in your chest. And you don't want to say you're wrong in it, so you just you just you just you just die on that lie in it. You say nah 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 like <laughs> you're on that hill. You're dying on that hill. Bruv, bury me on that hill. I'm not coming down, bro. <laughs> Was it? Like- you know what? I want to say something go, before we bounce. Go on. I feel really bad. I want to say rest in peace to Double K, people under the stairs. I've been meaning to say that for the last couple of episodes. People under the stairs were a massive massive influence on me, and I love their music, and. I've even referenced them on some Imperial and Kinetic songs. So rest in peace to Michael Turner, Double K, shout out to Thess One and people under the stairs forever and ever. Amen. With that, we'll see you next week. Peace. Socials, bro. Socials, man. Forget the socials. Fuck them. Right, Fuck the socials. Right, cool. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Fuck the socials. Yeah. Okay, cool. If you can't find us at this point, fuck you. <laughs> peace. <laughs>